BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Um, okay, well, I just think we should put on record that we tried to do this a couple of weeks ago, but we spent the whole hour just talking. <laughs> and we just were about to do it again. <laughs> like, we need to do this podcast. You're like, enough is enough. I'm pressing record. <laughs> <laughs> like, can't get I do this, but like, I love you so much. I just want to talk forever. Uh, how are you? I feel good. You know, I've actually been, I tried to take like the summer off or at least July and I think that's been really helpful for me because I've just been working so much for the past, I mean, really decade, but especially the past three years since launching my nonprofit. And I just needed to give myself like a few weeks to try to catch my breath and like, well, that plus the book, you just were on a book tour. I know I'm still on a book tour. I go to Oakland next week with Aisha Curry. Oh yeah. I saw that. Wait, so does this, this just goes on forever, kind of. It never ends. It's like the whole rest of your life. They're like, ha you wrote a book about your life. Guess what? We own the rest of your life, too. That's how, it That's how it goes. But it's been nice. It's so nice to, I mean, listen, like that book was really like ripping your mask off, you know, like mm. it's just, I think pretty, you know, there's things in there that are really hard to talk about. I think it would have been a lot easier for me to keep going in my life kind of with the identity that I can very easily perpetuate on social media that Mm -hmm. we all see. And I think that that's just not the reality of how life unfolds. And so I really wanted to get into the weeds about, you know, some of the crap that I've been through and, and, and really just because I believe that like, I think that sense of, (laughs) I think that a sense of loneliness that we can sometimes feel when we make mistakes or go through hardships in our own lives, like can be eased by knowing that other people have experienced similar things and that that hasn't necessarily stopped them from going on to do the other things they want to do. No, I think you did the right thing, which you bring up a lot, how you're obviously like young to have a memoir, Mm -hmm. but I think it's exactly what entrepreneurs and women and women of color and everybody kind of needs because everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, which yeah. is amazing. But like, that's not, I mean, I went to a bar the other night to have a nightcap with Davide. Day. This is actually really funny. And there's a whole table of girls next to me and they were like cute and young. And they were like, oh my God, wait, you just spoke at career day at our whole, at my alma mater. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, so you're 18. <laughs> and she was like, 
we're going to college next week. Like we have big IDs. And I was like, cute. And they just like latched on to me and Davide for an hour asking us questions about what it's like to be an entrepreneur. Like wow. they're all going to different colleges. They all want to own their own businesses. And so I think that's just the tone of that generation. And so, you know, you putting it, yeah, you've been kicked out of high school. You didn't, you got kicked out or you dropped out of high school, they kicked out of college. I mean, all I, of it. Yeah. <laughs> it was all a dumpster fire. <laughs> and I think what I actually want to talk to you about is the predatory loan that you took out because it happens mm-hmm. to people on a personal scale and on a business scale. And by the way, the business becomes your personal. And I want to talk about the shift from wholesalers where, you know, you used to be able to, as a designer, get a down payment from a wholesaler for production. And I don't think people think about this when they start a business, but like you need copious amounts of money just for the product. So Walk me through. I mean, you started Brother Valleys with what, $3,500? Yeah, I started with $3,500 at a flea market. And then the first, like, the first two wholesale accounts I sold to were Moda Operandi and Opening Ceremony. And they both gave me, I can't, they both gave me a deposit. And just for clarity's sake, like, that means if the order was like $50,000, they gave me $25,000 upfront, which I then used to, pay for the production. Right. And then I would deliver it. Then 30 days after I delivered it, I would get the remaining balance. And that's how, what I used to kind of grow the company. Then what happened was, you know, I, the brand started growing and that's great. And I was getting more accounts and the orders are getting bigger and people kept giving me deposits for a long time until I got one big account which was Net-A-Porte actually. And they were like, we cannot give you a deposit. And a lot of those big wholesalers it's this weird dance where they're like, you're lucky that we want to buy you and you yeah. need them. But they, a lot of those people do not pay. Oh no, definitely. They don't. Horrible and- term. Like net 60. No, don't pay that. Yeah. 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 You're getting like, you better find a way to make it. You better find a way to pay everyone for making it and delivering it to us. And then we'll pay you maybe six months from now. And by the <laughs> way, only on the things that sold the things that didn't sell, we're going to ship need to buy back for you. me. Yeah. yeah. Right. Far. So, and we're going to bill you for like all these other ancillary charges that are happening along the way. So actually like you owe us money. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. And I, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I'm just like all like wide-eyed and bushy-tailed being like, I'm running my business, like so excited at the opportunity. And they kind of rely on that too, right? It's like, who's going to say no to Net-A-Porter? Like, are you an idiot, you know? So, or that's my thought. So anyways, I'm like, and I was very good about like saving money and organizing and like, I still like lived in an apartment with my ex-boyfriend because I couldn't afford to move out because I was just trying to save money. I mean, God love him. And like, I was short. I was $70,000 short. And there was someone who was like in this like mentor circle thing that I had. And he was like, oh, well, I'll lend you the money because he was a lender and, you know, and I always got like skeeved out by him to be honest. And this is the company that we talked about over. I mean, do you name the company in the book? No, I don't know. Yeah. I and mean, we don't need to, but this is the, they tried to pretend like they were Davide's friends 
and loan oh, him money. Right. Yeah. No, totally. They're like really. And they want to put a lien on our house. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they're like, but, and we work with Alexander Wang and this person, this person, this I person. I was like, they work with Alexander Wang. It must be great. Yeah, literally, literally. We're like avoiding the fact that like Alexander Wang got busted running a sweatshop. But I'm just like, yeah, yeah. like, that would be great. You know, not to mention other things, but like, oh God. And that $70,000 loan turned in, it was like a, over a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was like crazy because I was so, and, and then after I signed that deal with him, I never saw a penny of our wholesale sales again. So like anyone that ever bought brother bellies from any store, like all of that money was going directly to him. I mean, it was crazy. And because he was like a quote unquote mentor to me, like that was the one contract that I never had my lawyer look yeah, at. Of course. Of course. By the way, for people who don't understand, like these people, basically they operate as like factors. So like all your wholesale orders go through them and it feels like a relief because you're not dealing with all this back and forth with your wholesalers. And then you're supposed to just like get a check where you're like, they take their little bit of interest and then you're supposed to get your check. But yeah, now you've just lost all of your. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's crazy. Cause there's like, I remember there was one, I heard about it in the book. It was like, when, when I got a new CFO, they like audited it. And it was like, I had paid like, it it was like $50,000 in like printer paper fees. (laughs) Like, like the charges were just like insane. And, and, and what it turned out, it's like this modern day version of crop sharing. It's like, there's no way that I ever would have been able to earn myself out of that. What they do Mm -hmm. is they try to rack up a huge debt for you and then convert it to equity where they're like, oh, either you pay this in the next 30 days or we own 80% of your business. And I have friends who've lost their businesses to this guy and like had to declare like bankruptcy and stuff. You know, it's weird that more people don't talk about it because they are a popular, when I launched LPA, they emailed me like a month later and they were like, we don't know what your situation is. We would like love to get involved with your business. It was really intense. And I was like, oh, I don't need, like I'm with yeah. Revolve. Like I don't need it. And I remember them showing, like emailing it to the Revolve people and then being like, ooh, this guy, we know who this guy is. Like this guy's really Stevie. And I was like, fuck. Imagine it's like, by the way, young girl, really Holy. excited, excited to launch her business. Like how creepy are you? That's their key demographic. And also, as soon as I launched the 15% pledge, they started a grant for entrepreneurs of color, for specifically Black entrepreneurs. And they reached out to this other, it's like some other, it's called like Raise Fashion or whatever. It's like a bunch of like fashion professionals that also kind of banded together to help Black business professionals. And I called those women and I was like, guys, like, you know what this guy has done to my business. Why would you partner with him on a $50,000 grant? Like that's insane. Like Mm -hmm. whoever they give that money to, it's going to cost them so So much much more more. than $50,000. I'm like, I will literally buy out this $50,000 to not have Mm -hmm. that. Like, this is it. This is my biggest nightmare is that like, we're going to do all of this work it, as a, as a society supporting any kind of early stage entrepreneur only to have crazy predator people collect all of that money. I mean, no, that's it's horrible. It's horrible. 
So it just goes right back to a white man, which is so fucking ironic. <laughs> and an asshole one. You know yeah. I mean? Like, it's just like, it's like one thing if it's like, okay, this person needs a loan, you're going to give them a loan and it's like really mm-hmm. fair terms. But geez, I mean, this guy's the worst. And Pia, I mean, he offered me a $500,000 deduction on the amount that I owed if I signed an NDA. Could you imagine? Yeah, you told me that was just horrible. How did you end up getting out of that? Three pro bono attorneys. Cool. Yeah, and I had to pay them. I I pay. I had to pay them. I had to pay it all to him. Fuck. Yeah, I mean, crazy. Well, Brother Bellies is still thriving. Thank God. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> God, right? I mean... I spent so much time like beating myself up thinking I was like a horrible, horrible business person. I got myself into this situation. Like I just beat myself up and it really took me until a couple years ago and like talking to these attorneys to be like, no, actually you're an incredible business person because you survived that. Like it would have been next to impossible for most people to survive that. And I think for women, like our default is to beat ourselves up about the decisions that we make thinking that we're not good enough xyz when in reality it's like no like you have been the victim of like a crazy predatorial situation Mm -hmm. this episode of everything the best is brought to you by better help there are many times in my life where i felt uncertain about where i was going or what the right path is and how i got through it was really you know that's like the grit right those are the important moments. And by the way, I may look like I have my stuff together, but I don't because I'm constantly having a crisis. And there's only so much I can talk about it with, with my husband, because he has all his stuff going on. I don't want to like exhaust him with what's going on in my brain. Sometimes I know that that can give him anxiety the same way when he unloads on me, it gives me anxiety. Same thing with my mom. Like we're all just trying to be strong for each other. And that's why it's so good to have somebody else to talk through this with. Maybe you're thinking about a career change or feeling like your relationship needs some TLC. Maybe you just need TLC with yourself. Therapy can map out your future. It can give you the tools to trust yourself and find the way forward. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. I mean, this cannot be easier. You go online, you fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Years of my life, I drove sometimes an hour to see a therapist. I mean, the fact that you can do it from your computer is just unbelievable. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash Pia today and you get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Pia. You guys have heard me talk about parallel 1 million times because it's 1 million percent the most important part of my vitamin routine. I mean, it's something I just can't live without. Okay. Parallel is the first and only OBGYN founded vitamin offering that targets vitamin routines for each unique stage of a woman's hormonal life. So this is from pre-kids through pregnancy, each trimester of pregnancy into postpartum. They also now have a PCOS formula and a conception pack. And there's the men's multi. And I'll tell you the ones that I take. The day I went and gave birth, I brought my postpartum formula with me, my mom multi-pack. Uh, I started taking instantly. Then I switched the conception pack after that because 
I wanted to give my body a lot of time to get ready to try to have another baby. At the same time, I made Davide take the men's multi because fertility is truly 50-50. Also, in the last you know two years since I gave birth and had all this weird postpartum stuff, I got a PCOS diagnosis. So the same thing happened to me when I was trying to conceive that happened to me when I found out I had PCOS. I was looking online for all these tips and tricks of what supplements to take. And I was taking a million different supplements that were all great, but I was spending so much money on all these different supplements and having to take all these different pills, like not knowing really what the dosage should be. And that's why Parallel is so incredible because they do all that work for you. So you just take your conception packet. It's one little packet in a little recyclable container. You can bring it with you anywhere. And the same thing with my PCOS support. PCOS support has everything I was taking separately. It's two kinds of inositol. It's alpha lipoic acid. It's dim. It's unbelievable. Oh, by the way, it has berberine in it. So that has leveled out my PCOS symptoms in a way that is indescribable. All the parallel packs are under $50 a month when you subscribe. It's less than $2 a day. And exclusively for everything is the best listeners. Parallel is offering 15% off your first three months with code best 15. So head to parallel.co that is P E R E L E L.co. And you can cancel at any time with a 30 day money back guarantee. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Talk to me about 15% pledge. I mean, obviously, unless you live under a rock, you know what it is. But I, you know, you just like coming up with this amazing idea during COVID and shifting what have you shifted it's over a billion dollars at this point 14 right? billion yeah oh over <laughs> oh a little over 14 a little over a billion dollars it's unbelievable okay so i would love to know like logistically obviously you're very smart obviously you have been able to you know bring brother valleys out of the trenches yeah. How do you how do you set up a nonprofit? Because a nonprofit still is a business, you know. So what was that like? Right. The way right. that I think of it is like the 15% pledge is a like is a business and we are uh like the nonprofit is the tax status, right? Like we still have to run it like it's a business. The only only we have so many well, my perception of so many nonprofits is that they're sleepy. And I just don't think that we can afford to be sleepy because yeah. it's really important. Yeah. I mean, listen, the pledge doesn't fall under like everyone's algorithm. So I guess it bears mentioning that it's a call to action for major retailers to commit 15% of their shelf space to black owned businesses. And so Sephora, Nordstrom, Macy's. All, By the way, have you, that. sorry, I don't want to, have you, does it not fall under many people's algorithm? Oh my God. Yeah. You'd be have surprised. you noticed that? Yeah, you like I meet people all the time that are like, "What is that?" Wasn't Instagram one of the sponsors of your event? Yeah, you, yeah. Do you talk about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I wonder if I have ever talked to them about it. Listen, I mean, people curate their own. That's also the power of like AI, right? Like to some mm-hmm. degree, the algorithm is AI too. It's like it's like if you're someone who's like only engaging with like. Elsa Hawk, like look of the days or whatever, like, you know, is that her name? Elsa Husk. Husk, right. Love her. All your, that's all you're yeah. pulling on and liking, like probably like our post that's like 
about economic justice, like <laughs> falling under your radar in between like her Mew Mew selects. Yeah. So, <laughs> or if you're me, it's like how to make your own hot sauce and puppies. So I get it. Right. Totally. Mine's also really well, but, and it changes dramatically, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. So this was an idea that you just came up like by yourself at home. Yeah. I mean, who was the first person you called? Was it Selby? No. Or I you posted thinking, on Instagram. Yeah. I was thinking about it because there was all these companies that were like, like, oh, we donated this much money. We donated this much money. And I'm like, donations like are cool, but that's not really gonna solve the issue. Cause you know. I was looking at all of these stats. Like I remember reading that 90% of black owned businesses didn't get access to the first round of PPP money. Right. And, Mm. um, that 44% were projected to close, which was like more than double the national average. And so I was seeing that the black community was being disproportionately impacted. And so when target made this $10 million donation, I was kind of like, okay, that's like a big amount of money, but also who cares? Like black people spend more than $10 million, like any morning at target, like that's not enough to make me feel like you guys like love black people. You know what I mean? And so I was like, okay, what could work? What could work? What could work? And I think that in order to make progress in the world, we all need to do what we're best at doing in service of communities that have been historically excluded, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a retailer, what do you do best? You sell a product. How can you then help black people? By selling black product, you know? Mm -hmm. And and I had a hunch that not only was it going to be a nice thing to do, it was actually going to be a really good business opportunity because I felt like and I know from just launching Brother Bellies and talking to our consumers that our generation wants a wider variety of product and they want product that feels more authentic, right? It's like with Baroncini, it's like, I love your stuff because it feels more authentic. Why the hell would I want to buy like a generic olive oil when I can get an olive oil from people that I know genuinely care so much about every step of the olive oil process? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, what's, how do I want to vote with my dollars, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Anyways, I'm rambling the point. So that was the it's not idea. a ramble. It's important because, you know, what you and I spoken about privately is like that these brands got like have been crushing their numbers, like mm-hmm. crushing their numbers. And yeah. it was because there was an opportunity and you're right. And it's because consumers want more of that product, by the way, like when you go into Target, like how many hair products are there for black women? Yeah. I mean, how, what percentage of Target customers are black people? Right. More than 15%. Right. So it's just like, I like how you speak about it from like a bit, like outside of the moral compass, speaking about it from a business perspective, you're like, this is just actually good business. Yeah, totally. I'm like, uh, this is an opportunity for you guys to get on the right side of history and also to do something that's really profitable and empowering. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like my, my grandma used to uh, like donate to Africa all the time, which, you know, like sponsor children. You know, those things that are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that my grandmother was like that all day. And it was actually really wonderful and beautiful because a lot of those kids are my pen pals and stuff when I was younger. But my mom used to make these like super dismissive comments where she would be like, you know, you can give a man a fish and feed him for a day or you can teach a man to fish and feed him for a lifetime. She wasn't very big on like uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> this whole thing. So my mom's like voice was like echoing to me when Target made this 
uh, donation in the wake of George Floyd's murder, because I was like, oh, well, what if instead of them just donating $10 million to the NAACP, they spent that $10 million actually on purchase orders for small black owned businesses and gave them an opportunity to actually participate in this economic sphere in a, in a more meaningful way. Yeah. So anyways, I, I had the idea on a Saturday afternoon. I posted it. I just wrote it out of the notes section of my phone. And I, and then I screenshot that and I posted it to Instagram and I tagged a bunch of retailers that I thought would do a good job at taking the pledge like Sephora and Mod and, and, and all these people. And, and 10 days later, Sephora became the first to commit. And since then, 29 have committed. So they all sign multi-year contracts with us. We audit them every quarter. And through those contractual commitments that these retailers have made, we're now in the process of reallocating over $14 billion of capital to Black uh, and actually BIPOC entrepreneurs across North America and the UK, which is super exciting. And um, we've put over 600 black owned brands onto the shelves of our pledge takers so far, which is really awesome. The gala was one of the most inspiring nights of my adult life for sure. Because it was so sweet. Like it's everyone was happy and beautiful and wearing all these incredible brands and it was so celebratory and everyone who you know won the grants was so genuinely happy and even that even exposing the like what was the name of the brand where they made like the puzzles because like the brother and sister grew up making puzzles and there was no that was so cute black people in the puzzles and so they started doing like black and it was just like this cute brother and sister. And they're like, thank you. You know, and it's like, it's so, it seems so obvious and so simple. And so that's where it gets really sad because you're just like these poor people who have just as much talent as their peers are, have no chance. You know, it, it, being an entrepreneur already is disgusting and it's really hard. So to have this, I can't imagine waking up and just being like, this isn't, I have a really good idea, but it's just impossible. It's just going to, and you're just making that possible. I know. Well, it's also so great. Cause even that puzzle company, for example, it's like, okay, the, there's those founders. And then it's like the black artists that they're licensing the art from to mm-hmm. make the puzzle. So that's another, like, those are a bunch of black artists that are then being positively impacted. And then it's like, okay, the printing company, which printing and cutting company are they going to use? Like there's all of these different opportunities where people can get empowered along the way. And then it's like, it's like, great. Like, let's get a bunch of these puzzles onto the shelves of Toys R Us. And like, you know, cause like some Republicans will be like, well, it's not fair that they're taking away from like white entrepreneurs and like, you know, and I'm like, wait, you're, you're, you're literally talking about Hasbro, like this tiny black owned puzzle company, like getting some shelf space on Toys R Us is not going to impact Mm -mm. Hasbro's quarterly earnings you know like it's just so crazy to me because also small business is the backbone of america yeah we forget that we live in a capitalist fucking society and this is how every major brand started from mr so-and-so having an idea that's what this country is based on right totally and like no matter 
what you agree or disagree on, right? Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, whether you're for or against affirmative action, the one thing that we can at least all agree on is that major retailers supporting small American entrepreneurs is going to make our country healthier, full stop, right? And what people don't realize, I mean, I was talking to this like very ornery man on the plane about the bridge once and he, and, and I was like, any way you slice it, think about this. None of these retailers right now are even stocking 15% of their shelf spaces from small businesses. Yeah. It's these giant conglomerates, right? It's like the Mm -hmm. whole beauty section at like a Target is going to be like L'Oreal and Mm -hmm. F.A. Lauder, right? And so it's like, let's reclaim some of that shelf space for like small business owners in general, right? Like we should be pushing them to stop 50% of like small American businesses, period. That would fundamentally change the American economy. Fundamentally. Yeah. I mean, you already shifting $14 billion is already fundamentally shifting the American economy, which is, it's very funny because you have this like very, there's like an innocence to you. Like you're not, like you're very powerful, but you're not this like, overbearing, bitchy, strong woman who's like the, you know, you meet so many women, like it was like the downfall of the boss bitch where it was like, everyone was like, yeah, everyone's a boss. And then everyone's like, these girls are really mean. Like you're, you're not, you're very like light and lovely. And you speak very matter of factly because you are just speaking facts and you make it all very simple. And there's only like one other woman that I've met in my life that views things the way that you do. She's very successful. And it's this like, it's, it's, you eliminate the emotions from it, even though this is a highly emotional thing and you just get into problem solving and you're like a master problem solver. Mm-hmm. Mm, Pretty you. incredible. I mean, I think it's like, you're very humble. Oh, thanks, Pia. I think for me, I really like, solving problems. And I think it's so Pollyanna, but like, I think it's all solvable, right? So like someone came to me the other day about something that's going on in like the LAPD, you know, and (laughs) between us (laughs) and, and I'm like, okay, like, let me think about it. 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 It's like, there's, there's, there are ways to move things for, or it's like climate change, right? It's like these items and these issues are like so emotional. Like we've all felt how hot it is this summer. And sometimes the problem seems so big that we're like paralyzed, right? Mm. Like we just feel like we can't do anything. We're afraid if we try to do something that we're going to mess up. And to me, it's like, no, 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 you, we are going to mess up. That's part of it, right? That's how we move forward. Mm -hmm. Stumbling is evidence of momentum, right? Don't be afraid to stumble. What you need to be sure of is that you have a community around you that's going to help you up and, and acknowledge that we're trying to make progress in this. But what we have to do sometimes is be pragmatic and say, okay, what is the solve here, right? Like, how do we press pause, look at it and say, who's responsible here? Mostly it's the, like, I mean, what I say at the pledge is like, we are all guilty 
of racism, but ultimately the systems to blame. Like Mm -hmm. I am guilty for perpetuating racism in this country. We all are. That's okay. P.S. I don't really care. What I care about is what's our go forward strategy to mm-hmm. help make it a little bit better for all of us, mm-hmm. right? And ha- and how do we start chipping away at different ideas that might feel good? I don't know about you, but when my mom had a particularly busy day, I was almost excited because she would pull out a Pillsbury Crescent roll. (laughs) And I knew that whatever she was making, even if it was like a two second meal and it was her way of like quickly getting dinner on the table, it was going to be one of the best meals of the week. And that's what Pillsbury does really well with the Crescents. It's as easy as fill, roll and bake, especially to please all of our picky eaters in our family. You just move on with your evening, filling up these gorgeous little Crescent rolls with different fillings for anyone in your family. These are incredible weeknight recipes, like I said, that are as easy as fill, roll, and bake. For me, I like to do some chicken breast. I'll do some, you know, fresh greens, like whatever I got at the farmer's market. I top it with some herbs. For Davide, for a snack for him, we do mozzarella, pepperoni. Obviously, the baby will just eat anything in there. Also, sometimes we put Nutella in them which is so good and so easy. It's literally two ingredients, but there are tons of recipes on pillsbury.com like chicken, bacon, ranch, crescent rolls, obviously classic ham and cheese. You can find your Pillsbury in the dairy aisle. And I'm telling you right now, this is dinner prep in 30 minutes or less. And like I said, it is perfect if you have a picky eater in your house. Find more weeknight dinner recipes at pillsbury.com. With signature offerings that help you move, eat, and sleep well, Westin Hotels make travel an opportunity to enhance all your well-being while you're away. Because, like, obviously we all love to travel if we can, but it's also kind of, like, annoying getting off your routine. And maybe sometimes you don't sleep your best or eat your best, and that's why Westin is here for you. Because at Westin, you can work out how you want with a variety of fitness options. First of all, they have the Westin Workout Fitness Studios, which are fabulous and equipped with state-of-the-art equipment. You can go on a group run led by Westin's Run Concierge, which is amazing. It'll show you the beautiful little local hikes and runs around the hotel. And you can do your own thing in your guest room with the Westin's Gear Lending Program. How cool is that? They bring up fabulous gear, like they have bala bands, it's so amazing. Plus, you can eat well with Weston's Eat Well menu. The Weston chefs have crafted dishes for your well-being in mind, so you can choose what's right for you based on portion size, nutritional balance. And then you can recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep. Did you know that Weston makes their own beds and they're called a heavenly bed? And you can buy them for your own home because people are so in love with these beds that they're now available for purchase. They are cozy and fabulous. You're going to get a great night's sleep and you can wind down naturally with their Sleep Well Lavender Balm, which eases tension and soothes the sentiments. Weston Hotels are also part of Marriott Bonvoy, which is an extraordinary portfolio of hotels and award-winning travel programs. At Weston, you can move well, eat well, and sleep well on the go. Find wellness at Weston. Well, whatever it is that you're doing is working. It's just bountiful and beautiful and unbelievable. And what it's been three years. Yeah. I can't believe it. 2020. Imagine so, these numbers. Imagine what it'll be 10 years from now. Oh my God. 
Uh, I hope it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I like have Me this do. whole. <laughs> I have this whole thing like where I like hope I have a daughter one day that's just like oh my god 15% pledge sounds so stupid and dumb like why would you ever need to do that there's so many diverse products mom what a dumb idea oh no I want that I want to be like yeah it is dumb girly (laughs) (laughs) go work on your lemonade stand you know like (laughs) how has it been it's been enough time now like post book release, putting all that personal information into the world. How do you feel? (laughs) (laughs) It's like a big fucking deal. And energetically, that doesn't just not go anywhere, you know? No, I think sometimes it's been dispersed to other people. The other day, someone came up to me and they said, I hate your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, Wait, like, can you tell the story? You told a story at the launch at lunch here that made everyone at the table cry about, you know, obviously you wrote very candidly about your mother. So what was that like? What was her reaction like? Oh, when I was talking to her about reading the book, was it yeah. that mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right. Because the book... <laughs> was coming out and she hadn't read it. And there's a lot about my mom there. And so I have this whole thing where it sounds crazy, but I was, she was going to Hoffman and I was like, okay, I'm going to like, give her <laughs> <love> the book. <laughs> I'm going to give her the book before she goes to Hoffman so that she has a few days to read it so that she can process it there. My friend Mia was like, Ooh, how selfish of you. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you're going to turn her Hoffman experience into like your like experience right and so I was like oh my god you're right maybe I need to give it to her afterwards I was like all in my feels so then my mom comes over my house as a pit stop on her way to Hoffman and she was like how's it going with the book and I was like oh it's going well actually like and but like it's coming out in a month and and I I was like to be honest mom I've really been on my feels about if I give the book to you now, if I give the book to you later, like, I just don't know when I should give you the book because I was worried that it would impact your Hoffman experience. And, 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 and she's like looking at me and she goes, when you choose to give me the book is going to have absolutely no bearing on when I decide to read your book. <laughs> Perfect. And I was like, right. And she was mm-hmm. like, take it to you whatever. And I was like, got it. You mm-hmm. know? it's so fascinating. So cool. You know, I, it's like, I still, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a interesting because you're, this is your life and your world. Right. And so it, it's, I, it's pretty incredible to have your mom like sun you so hard and be like, that's like, not really my business essentially. You know what I mean? Like, this is your, like, not your business when I read it. It's not like my business, what you want to do with it. Like it was a cool boundary almost. Yeah, I think so. She's been always very good at setting those, right? I mean, we set those boundaries with each other, right? It's like, like in the end of the book, in the afterward or whatever, I write about like a relationship with my mom being like close from far, but far from close, Mm -hmm. you know? It's like, it's like I we, we text, like we see each other sporadically. And like, that's what feels good to me. And for a long time, I felt like, 
oh, I need to be working on repairing this relationship with my mom. I have to fix this. I have to like, you know, get it to be better. And then I realized like, oh, actually like this is, this is better. This is fixed. Mm -hmm. And fixed means like a healthy distance. And, you know, listen, like, do I wish that I was born into a family where I was going to have a super close relationship with my mom? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Do I wish that my dad didn't die when I was little? Also? Yes. You know what I mean? But we have the lives that we have and we kind of have to make the most of it when we can. And ultimately like the person that wins at life is the person who has the most fun at life. Right. And the person Mm -hmm. who has the most joy at life. And, um, you know, I find joy in the type of relationship that I have with my mom and the interaction that I have with her now versus if I tried to pressure the relationship to be something that it's not, I think I would just feel a lot of tension. Mm -hmm. Speaking of living your life with joy, you are obviously doing things that are ruffling feathers a bit. And not, I mean, besides the tax, the rich dress, I think you're besides that blatant move. Uh-huh. Uh, I think you've been really like strategic about helping communities in a smart way, you know, like brother valleys, you know, you're helping artisans all over the world. Right. And with the pledge, you're helping shift the narrative in America when it comes to small businesses and people of color. So it's a lot that you're putting out there. I mean, how, what is the world giving you back from this? what a beautiful question I mean because you get I know you get a lot of I mean when I deal with things and I'm able to talk to you you always make me feel better right you're you're also very like pragmatic about the not nice things that are happening so I just like wonder yeah I don't know I mean I'm like almost asking because I like look up to you in this amazing way of like you're getting a lot right you're getting positive feedback you're getting negative feedback yeah and how how do you even protect yourself from both and like you're it's like energetically because you are very cool calm and collected so it's very interesting to me to want to see yeah like the world must be giving you a lot right now Mm. what is yeah I mean I think like definitely I get a lot of static from like angry like Republican-esque people, right? And to me, I'm like, oh, okay. Like progress sometimes is painful, right? Like when when you have a growth spurt, I remember when I grew from being like five, five to five, eight in like six month period of time, it really hurt. And I think that the country, especially with COVID and, you know, some of the elections and all that jazz has gone through a lot of tough growing pains over the past few years. And people are going to like lash out about that to some degree yeah. at anyone that they think is accountable for that. Uh, yeah, so, a lot of lashing. Yeah. Right. So there's that part. And then I think like, you know, when I like meet someone on the street or I have a Zoom call with someone who like got onto the shelves of Ulta Beauty or Sephora or, you know, CB2 for the first time. And they're like, oh my God, I just want you to know this happened. And, and, And I know it was because of the pledge and I just am so grateful because I got to quit my job and actually follow my dreams for the first time to support my family. Like that to me is like what the world's giving back. Yeah. Just knowing that like in some small way, it's been able to positively impact people because to be honest with you, like it was really scary to me 
to to post the idea of the pledge that day and tag all these retailers. Like it's a lot easier just to like sit in your privilege than to like flip the table over, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, I, you know, I I'm like I'm I'm grateful that it panned out, and I'm grateful that I had the confidence that day to you know, use my platform to advocate for others. Cause that's really what I think it's about, you know? And I think like, I didn't put myself here entirely. Like there are so many other people who are, you know, responsible for uplifting the idea of the pledge and continuing to support even like you giving me this platform of your podcast to talk about this stuff is like super helpful. Right. And that's how we keep these sorts of ideas in the zeitgeist. And I think I have a responsibility to those people who have invested in my ideas and me as a person. And because investments don't just happen with money, they happen with time, they happen with likes, they happen with visibility, they happen with shares. And in a social media economy, I think we 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 should all be really aware of that. And I think, um, you know, I just feel a responsibility to people and, and, and it makes me feel good to be able to do some things that are hopefully positively impactful to people sometimes too. It speaks a lot to how well how well respected you are in the industry that within that within 10 days Sephora signed on because it wasn't a random girl in the middle of America who posted it, it was you know you have grown your personal brand and brother valleys and navigated the high fashion society of New York city, like in a wind tour sings your praises more than more than it's fucking crazy. Right. I mean, I'm sure that like, there are moments where it's obviously now it's like a, a normalcy, but I'm sure when you sit back and think about the things that this woman has publicly said about you and speeches she's given about you, I mean, it's unfucking believable. And so, I mean, the credibility and the reputation that you built for yourself by the way, outside of having like a cute Instagram and a cute business, it's more so like those are internal reputations that people don't understand are really like the network that you build as you navigate through like the fashion landscape as like a human. You know what I mean? Like you have made, you have built respect so much that someone at Sephora who knew who you were probably reach out to somebody else to be like, well, who's this girl or whatever. And it was nothing but positivity. And it was a quick, hard yes for them. I mean, that's really incredible. Mm, thanks. Yeah. I think, I think that's what, it, I think that's what it's about, right? Like to your point, like it would have been so much harder, maybe impossible if I was a random girl from, uh, uh, from Idaho, you know? And so it's like, okay, what, in that moment, and you know, I had a lot of uh, I had some sticky stuff with some of my friends about this, but I was like, we have an opportunity in this moment, and we are as lucky as you can kind of get as people of color who live on the coast. And like, no, we do not have a responsibility to potentially put ourselves or our livelihoods in jeopardy to advocate for others. We have an opportunity to, mm-hmm. right? So you don't have to, you know, give up XYZ endorsement deal or whatever if you don't want to, right? But I know for me at that point, like 
I like was living in Brooklyn in an apartment that I was renting and, and I knew that I was going to have enough to like pay my $4,000 a month in rent. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, I was like, I need to, and I was so grateful because in the beginning of the pandemic, I thought I was going to lose my business. Like no one was going to be buying $600 shoes at a stay at home order. Right. Mm -hmm. And we were able to launch socks and another program called something special. And so the business stabilized and I was making money and I knew I was going to be able to support myself and my staff. So that was fine. So then I said, okay, now that I've put my own breathing mask on, it's time for me to try to advocate for other people. And, and, and the, the, the privilege that I have to know that I am kind of secure right now is enough for me to, you know, reach out. And because listen, like, people don't like that in fashion, they do not like to be tagged and called out on any kind of, mm-hmm. you know, and to me, I thought it was a really good idea. So it really felt like more of like a sound silly, but like more of like a calling in, you know what I mean? Like I was like, Hey, like come sit at this table with me. I think this is a good idea. I think it would be really meaningful. I think it would be good business. Like, let's talk about it, mm-hmm. you know? And I had had a, like a, a kind of a long-standing relationship with Sephora. So I knew some of them, which made them all, I mean, my agent called me and was like, take that down. I'm sure. <laughs> she was like, please take that down. <laughs> She's not having it. And then I was like, but, 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 but. And she was like, oh, fine. You know, like, I was like, can you like go online and like save the Instagram handle? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. We don't love it. One of my last questions for you is like, so can you name all this? Like what, how many boards are you on right now? <laughs> I just want to oh. get like a scope of your work right now. Okay. So because um, you're still actively run Brother Valleys. Yeah, I guess I'm on like six boards. Oh, you're on six boards. Right. You yeah. run the pledge. Yeah. So I run I run Brother Valleys. I run the pledge. We have an executive director and 17 full-time staff members there though. So I wow, can't it's crazy. credit on the, the pledge myself. So I run Brother Valleys, I run the pledge. Uh, also work in private equity. Yeah. Um, we didn't even talk about that in black founders, which is really exciting. And then I'm on the board of some of the businesses that I've invested in as well, which is really exciting. And then I'm also the vice chair of the CFDA. How do you have time for anything? And you're also just like a young, hot girl. Who's like, you're like single and you know you're like also like living your a nice life you know like you it's not like you're like at home like all I do is work like you do a good job of you know you enjoy yourself you also have to take care of yourself as like a young beautiful woman in this world like how are you time managing (laughs) yeah I have a different boyfriend now do you remember that guy that uh you ran into me at the restaurant yeah Yeah, that's my boyfriend now. It's cute. I love him. Yeah, he's really sweet. So you guys are official? Yes, it's true. Okay, great. His parents on Sunday was really cute. They came in from New York. I know. Did you guys meet on a plane? Am I wrong? We did. We met on the plane. Yeah, fucking adorable. Great. I love this view. So that's another thing in your life. And you have Mr. Chow. I have Mr. (laughs) Chow. I have joint custody with Mr. Chow with my ex. So two weeks on, two weeks off. (laughs) 
And, and you look great. Like your hair looks nice. You're like not in pajamas. You have a beautiful outfit on. I mean, like, how are you managing your schedule? It's crazy. I know it's a lot. Well, it's helpful for me to take July mostly off. You know, yeah. I did like two Zoom calls a day in July, which I guess for some people is sort of normal. But for me, I usually do like eight a day. So yeah. two was nice. And then like, I've had to get better at saying no. You know, I was supposed to go to like Venice, Italy for the last 10 days of this month. And I had to just be like, I can't go, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I was going to go to New York like next weekend for one of my best friends, baby showers. And I was like, I actually don't know if I can go. I'm still like, mm-hmm. on the fence about that one, you know, because yeah. like, I actually have to catch up on all these things. And I love her so much. But I also know if I fly to New York for one day. Like she's also not going to be getting the best version of me mm-hmm. at that moment. So just like, whereas before I'd be like, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. I'm now thinking about like, what? How can I show up as the best version of myself when I show up? And sometimes that means not showing up for a hundred percent of the things, but maybe showing up really, really well for fifty percent of the things. I love that. But there's still like all these things that I want to do that like I haven't had the chance to do yet, right? Like, like what? Have a kid. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. You know, and like, I don't know that I would be able to do all of these things like if I had children, because it's a lot of jobs, right? Like you, you get more lot- energy when you have a baby somehow. Oh, you do? Okay. So then I, maybe- <clears throat> we had a meeting, we had like a big contract meeting signing this morning with like these partners and and he was like when's the other baby coming and I was like oh we're working on it and he was like don't be scared they give you more energy and I was like I agree with that because like all of a sudden time and space just shifts in a different way I mean yeah it's I mean with help my daughter's downstairs with my mom and the nanny right now but like I'm leaving after this to take her to an important appointment that I could have just my mom take her. But like, you know, my mom will drive. I'll do my work in the car. Then I'm present for the appointment. You know, you just, it all just kind of like the idea of everything is always worse than uh, when it happens. Hmm. That's great. I need to hear that perspective more often because I feel like the last two weeks I spent with like someone that was just like, it's impossible. <laughs> and I was like, oh gosh, like, should I not have a kid? I've always wanted to have one. And now, uh, you know, there's so, there's not a single conception, pregnancy, parenting situation that is in any way similar to anybody else's. They are all completely different. It comes down to personality. Like I had friends who were telling me I wasn't going to be able to do any of this. And then I was like, oh, well, like they have like a different, like their work is different than mine or they have a different lifestyle than I have. Like I'm used to not getting a lot of sleep. These are like, there's so many variants. Right. And it's like, they have nothing to do with you, you know? So you just like expand and contract when you need to, but it all it's all fine. Right. Okay. You'll do it. You do, Like you'll just get better at saying no to other things and making time and scheduling. You just got to get your baby on a, on a schedule. Right. I agree. I mean, my mom made it work, you know, and she was working a lot. So all the moms think about women who have to put their kid in daycare after like a month and go back to like 12 hour day jobs. You know, I do. I do think about that. I think about that every day. So you'll be fine. Right. Thank you, Pia. What else do you want to do besides the baby? Are there any other businesses you want to do or you're over it? Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) 
there is what there is one which like I can't even say but it's there's an existing business that I think is like so awesome and I randomly had this Uber driver the other day and we drove by the business and he goes has you ever go there and I'm like yeah and he's like my cousin owns half and I'm like oh that's cool I didn't know that he he wants to sell it you want to buy it and I was like actually yeah I do and and I was like oh my god the information I was like that would be so cool I called one of my friends Emily Bodie and I was like would you ever do this with me because I feel like if we did it together it'd be so cool and so I want to get the information and 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 see yeah oh wait can't wait to know what that is no no it's really cool well I'm an ideas person so it's like I constantly want to do everything you know how that is yeah that's what makes entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, like you can't talk to Cassandra Gray last week. And she was like, you know, just sold to Farfetch. And she was like, I'm already doing the other things that I've had in mind. This whole, it's just, there's too much inside of you. Like that has, I mean, every day I'm just like, I know what I want Barantini to do. I have this other idea. It needs to happen. I want to get this thing. Like my husband is like, it's exhausting how, yeah, like you're like, I just like, it feels like I'm like running and I can't get anywhere, but like, I, I will get there, you know? Right. Yeah, totally. That's what entrepreneurship feels like a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, you're running, you're trying to get somewhere or then all these things start happening. And you're like, I know I'm supposed to be grateful for this, but gosh, this is really overwhelming. You know, it's so like, it just oscillates between those two experiences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the highs and lows are within an hour and they're exhausting. And then you're like part of the like, you know, 0.3% of entrepreneurs that actually get to have an exit with your business. Then you're like, oh my God, I'm giving my baby away. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like all these different experiences. So fascinating. It's so fascinating. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I adore you. And now that we've gotten this out of the way, we can schedule time to hang out and relax. I know. I would love that. I'm going to invite myself over to your house because it looks so lovely over there right now. Please. Your house looks lovely too. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, your house is nice. Oh yeah, your house is nice. <laughs> I'll see you soon. All right, thank you. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.